You are listening to the Overflow Podcast, a ministry of First Denton. For more information on Overflow, please visit overflowdenton.org. How are we doing? Good? Romans chapter 1. If you have a Bible, and I hope you do, get to Romans chapter 1. And as you're doing that, I want to welcome you guys back to Overflow. Uh, it is a great joy of mine to get to do this. Uh, every Tuesday night. Uh, my name is Zach Cunningham, and I serve here as the associate college pastor uh, at First Denton Church. Uh, and we've been super blessed uh, to have some great guys come the past uh, few weeks here at Overflow. We had uh, Drew Worsham, the illusionist, who came, and then I think Chris Lovell came, and then we had a baptism night uh, where, to the glory of God, we baptized uh, 33 people. Uh, and then we, last week we had, yeah, we had Shane Pruitt come last week. Uh, and then, of course, the numerous times uh, that my friend uh, Wade Morris has come. Uh, and so it's been an awesome semester uh, having these guys who love the Lord and love college students come. Um, but I have missed you guys, and I'm excited <laughs> to get to teach again. Um, when I was little, I decided I was going to be rich and or famous, uh, preferably both. Uh, and I think uh, at about third grade, every one of us has hit that point. Um, and so uh, basically, I was obsessed with wanting to get my name in a history textbook, uh, not realizing that most people who get their names in the textbook uh, either die the hero or live long enough to see themselves turn into a villain. Uh, nonetheless, little 12-year-old me was on a dead-out mission to get rich. And at the time, there's only two ways for me to do this. Uh, it was either to become an actor or to be an NFL football player. Uh, and I hated acting. Uh, and, and I was placed in theater in high school, uh, but I only did the lights. Uh, so becoming the next Brad Pitt was not uh, my route. Instead, uh, I wanted to be an NFL football player. Uh, I love football. I went to a 1A football, I mean a 1A school uh, where a guy my size could play uh, quite a bit. So I love football. I love practicing football. I played Madden a ton. Uh, and so I just really loved it. In middle school, uh, I started to notice that everyone around me uh, started getting uh, bigger and bigger, uh, and I didn't. Uh, and so, uh, basically, I think we have a picture of me in seventh grade. Uh, so there's me. Uh, I'm number one, and that's my brother. He's number four. Um, uh, where's Ted at? Ted, uh, how many 155-pound lanky guys make it to the NFL? None. You just crushed my 12-year-old dream, man. And so uh, I realized that there wasn't enough uh, steroids in the world uh, to get me to the NFL. So I thought to myself, uh, maybe I'll go uh, the academic route. Uh, I'll use my brain. Uh, and in my school, there was this club uh, called the Beta Club. Uh, think like National Honor Society uh, type thing. And what this was, uh, there's a chance to run for office. So I'd write a two-minute speech, uh, and then I would give that speech, and we had a skit that followed, and then people would vote uh, for their, uh, their candidate. And so we would go to Dallas, um, and I would give my speech in front of 2,000 people, and I actually won. Uh, and my brother pretended to be me in my skit. And so that's me uh, with some super long hair. Um, anyway, so I won. I was the uh, national, beta, no, the Texas Beta Club vice president. Uh, my slogan was uh, ZC for VP. Uh, it was so lame. Um, but anyways, I, I thought I was so cool. I was on my mission to get famous. And so I won at state. But now I had to go to nationals, uh, the national convention, and do it again. Uh, and this time, I had to run against about 20 people from other states in front of 14,000 people. 14,000 
people. So we go to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina for this huge convention. Thousands of people uh, come, and it's my time to shine. I've got my speech down, and we get there, and it's time for the campaign speeches. So like the chaplains go, and then the secretaries, uh, and then finally the vice presidents. Uh, and so it was my time. I was ready. I get up there, and they announce, okay, next up for vice president, uh, Zach Cunningham. And already, 14,000 people knew my name. I was, I was making it. And so I get up here. They hand me my mic. Uh, it's one of these. I get up here. I flip my long hair out of my face. And I get up here, and there's 14,000 people, and the lights are shining on me. And I froze. And I, I stood, and I opened my mouth, and nothing came out. For about five seconds... Uh, in reality, it felt like eternity. I just stood here, and then I went, and then I ran off stage. I, listen, I ran off stage. That was the most embarrassing moment of my life, and that night, I cried myself to sleep, and I made a promise. I made a promise to myself that I would never, ever, ever do public speaking again, (laughs) and the Lord obviously had fun. Uh, with that promise. Uh, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness that the Lord might use that. And so if you see me up here drinking water or stuttering or looking down, it's because I had a traumatic experience (laughs) in seventh grade. And so uh, the point I'm making here is that for the majority of my life, I was on a mission to make my name known, Uh, whether it was for uh, running or sports or being popular, running for office or raising up the ranks of the accounting world, God forbid. Uh, I was on my way to make myself uh, known. I thought this, w- uh, this is what I was made for. And tonight, we start a three-week series to finish out the year called A Mission for Glory. A Mission for Glory. So what do I mean by that? Uh, whose mission? Who's on a mission? And whose glory are we after? Um, last time I preached, I mentioned... Uh, it's a while back, how I hardly knew anything about God, and then suddenly, by the grace of God, I discovered a deep, deep fountain of truth that I have not stopped drinking from, a fountain of truth that drives me to my knees in worship of God, and tonight, in the next few weeks, I want to take you to that fountain. So I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do, I'm going to lay some foundation, I want to show you some truth in scripture, uh, and then we're going to go for a walk. So you guys ready? Okay, so I told you about my mission uh, for my glory, uh, my all-out pursuit for my own fame. Those are my glory days. Uh, I thought this is what I was made for. Surely this is what life has to offer. And so the first piece of foundation I want to lay real fast is what is the point of all of this? What is the point of life? What's the purpose? Uh, Everyone at some point has already asked themselves this question. What's the meaning of life? What is the meaning of creation? And the Bible is very clear, and on almost every page from Genesis to Revelation, the answer to this question, and it is that God is on a mission for glory. God is on a mission for glory. Whose glory? A mission for his own glory. His own glory. Everything from creation uh, to redemption to consummation is to display the glory of God, and God is orchestrating all of it all of it. And while my mission was a pathetic mission and ultimately a failure, God's mission for glory is going to play out uh, a lot more epically than that. And I want you to see this in scripture. And so keep that spot in Romans 1. I'm going to fly through like six verses here. Uh, They're going to be on the screen. And I want you to look for God 
being on a mission for his glory. So Colossians 1.16 says this, For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. So all things were created for who? God. And then Psalm 19.1, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Isaiah 43.7, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Habakkuk 2.14, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea, aka all over it. And then in Revelation 21, uh, 23, it says, and the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. Um, That's about five verses of hundreds in the Bible that talk about God being on a mission for his glory. And the reality is, God is ferociously after his own glory. He wants his glory to be treasured, and he wants it to be praised. Um, But what is glory? What do I mean by uh, glory? Um, Very easily, I could simply define it as uh, beauty or majesty, Um, but I've realized that um, it's probably better to point at glory than it is to uh, try to define it. Uh, A couple weeks ago, I got to go to West Texas, uh, to the mountains out there. Did you guys know there were mountains in West Texas? Is anybody from West Texas? Why didn't you guys tell us there were mountains in West Texas? Because it's eight hours away. Um, so anyways, we get there, and I'm setting up this tent all by myself. And if you're like, dude, that's not that impressive. Uh, there were 90-mile-per-hour wind in West Texas. It was pretty impressive, bro. So I'm, I'm setting up this tent, and I'm super excited. You know, I get it up, and in the background, uh, we actually have a picture. There's, like, mountains uh, an, an 8,751-foot mountain, and then there's these trees that are changing colors, uh, and the sun was actually setting on the mountain at this time, and I'm standing back here just looking at this tent that I made, and I'm so proud, and I'm like, hey, God, I, hey Doyle, hey, Jeff, look at me. Uh, I made this little tent, and God is laughing, because while I'm like, hey, Doyle, look at my tent, God's like, hey, son, look at this mountain. I made this mountain, I made those trees and the colors as they're changing, I'm changing them. I made the sun that's setting on the mountain. And I even made, and newsflash, bro, not bro, sun. Uh, <laughs> newsflash, you didn't make that tent, I did. And I made the ground you're standing on, and I made you. And I made you. And so I'm sitting here looking at my own glory, and God is just saying, hey, look up. Look up. That's glory. Don't miss it. God's glory is in everything, from creation to music to food to friendship. God's glory is in everything, and he wants it to be praised and treasured over all things. Um, But my question is, how does this differ from me wanting my own glory and my own praise? Because when Zach wants his own glory and praise, uh, he's just a selfish, long-haired, narcissistic kid. But how is this different? How is this any different? Um, The simple answer is this. Um, God is God and I am not. Because God is at the center of the universe and not Zach. 
and he has always been there. He's the only one who deserves to be there, uh, and he always, praise God, he always will be at the center of the universe, not ourselves. And so I think this is hard to understand sometimes, but I'm going to try my best to explain it. Um, you make a pretty crappy God. I mean, I could preach a sermon on how money makes a bad God and how your boyfriend and girlfriend make a bad God. Uh, I could preach a lot of sermons on how you make a really, really bad God. And so let me uh, think about this. Tell me, uh, who has lied to you uh, more than you? Who has lied to you more than you? I'm going to finish these blackboard assignments before midnight. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to go to the rec center today to work out. Oh, wait, no, there's four million people at the UNT rec center. I'm going to work out tomorrow. You lied to yourself three times right then. Um, I'm going to ask her out today. No, you aren't. Coward. Um, <laughs> you lie to yourself more than, you, more than anyone's ever lied to you. And you have failed yourself more than anyone has failed you. If you're your own God, you're at the center of your life, you're going to fail yourself. But listen, God's never lied to you. And he has not and he will not fail you. Why? Because he's God. Because he is God and he's, and I, and I love this God. God is after his own glory. Good. Praise God. Don't put me at the center of it. I'm not worth it. God, do not put me at the center of the universe. I'm not that awesome. One of my favorite songs, um, worship songs that I've ever sang, uh, was at Moore Street Baptist Church about a year ago. And it goes, our God is awesome. And it goes something like this. Our God is awesome. He can move the, the mountains. God is awesome. He can move mountains. Can you move mountains? No. And you're not God and you're not awesome. All right, that's, that's the point there. And so that's one of my favorite songs. God is on a mission for his glory to be displayed. So what does that mean for us? Isn't God for us? Is God selfish? Doesn't God love us? And listen to me, this is it. This is the last line that I'm going to draw between two dots. The last step before that fountain I was talking about. If you can get this, it's going to make sense. Listen to me. God being on a mission for his glory is the most loving thing he could do. Okay? God being on a mission for his glory is the most loving thing he can do. How does that make sense? Uh, you are searching for something. And that something is joy. And so you're on a treasure hunt. Your whole life is a treasure hunt. And you're Nicolas Cage. And you're looking for the best treasure that you can find. And when you find that treasure, joy. And so by God, displaying himself as the best treasure there is, he has, saved you. he has saved you from a life of searching. He says, look, here I am. I am what you are looking for. Here's my glory. Stop looking for treasure. I am the treasure. I am the treasure. Come and be filled. And when God does that, when God displays his glory as he has, he has done the most loving thing he could do. He gave us the treasure we were looking for. And he did so on the cross of Christ. You want to see God is for his glory and our good? Look at the cross. Look at the cross where his love and his mercy and his wrath and his glory is on full display. 
on full display. You, know, you want to know why this is good news? Because you're not awesome. And I'm not awesome. But God's love, what makes the love of God so compelling is that he loved us even when we weren't, we wasn't awesome. We weren't awesome. That's what makes the love of God so compelling. This is the gospel. You didn't do anything to deserve God's love. He didn't have to show you his glory, but he did. You didn't earn it, and you didn't deserve it, but God showed himself to you and said, come, be satisfied. Come and be satisfied. Every day, guys, that is the fountain, and it will not run dry. And God being for his glory, not mine, is a humbling thing. It's humbling, and I bend down, and I drink from that fountain every single day. Every day. God, you are for your glory and my good. Satisfy my soul. I will worship that God. I love that God, the God. And so what does this have to do with us? What do we do about all of this, that God is for his glory? What about our mission? Well, in Romans 1, it shows the crux of the message here. And I want you to look at Romans 1, verse 22. Romans 1, verse 22. It says this. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal men and birds and animals and creepy things. Okay, so everyone is on a mission for glory. Everyone is, either for God's glory or your own glory. And the reason why I put glory in air quotes there is because it doesn't say exchange the glory of God for the glory of man. It says it exchanged the glory of God for the image of man. You don't have glory. You were created as an image to display glory to reflect God's glory. And so when I was on a mission to get rich and famous, my own glory, that was this exchange in Romans 1. But look at me. When Jesus Christ saves your soul, that exchange reverses. Another exchange happens. You aren't living for yourself anymore. You're living for God. He has rescued you and redeemed you to be what you were created to be, an image bearer of God's glory. And so my mission was to become rich and famous. And now it's to live for Christ, to die and be forgotten. To live for Christ, to die and be forgotten. And my question for you uh, in the rest of this series is whose glory are you after? Whose glory are you after? And that, guys, is the foundation for this series, a mission for glory. God is after his own glory and my good, and we want to know, how do I get in on that? How do I get in on that? Because there's no stopping that. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? No one. So I'm trying to get in on that. God, teach me. Let me play. Dad, let me play. I want to be in on that. And so how can we live a life on mission for God's glory, and there are three things that God has placed on my heart of many things that are essential to the God-glorifying life, uh, and tonight we're going to talk about one of them, and then the next two weeks, uh, not next week, but the two other overflows, uh, we're going to hit the other ones, and so tonight, what's the first thing we should do uh, if we want to glorify God, live a God-glorifying life? Uh, we should pray that God would glorify himself. So the title of tonight's sermon is Pray for the Glory. 
and we want to learn how to pray for God's glory. God, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. And the disciples asked Jesus that in Matthew 6, and that's where we're going to be camped out tonight. So if you have your Bible, turn to Matthew 6, and Jesus is going to teach his disciples how to pray. God, teach us how to pray for your glory. In Matthew 6, is a very famous prayer where if you grew up in the church or anywhere in the south, you probably have a coffee mug or a Christmas ornament uh, with this on it. Okay, and so Jesus is going to teach his disciples how to pray, and he's going to walk them through it. And tonight, all we're going to do is we're going to go through the Lord's Prayer, and I want you to see how it all points back to God's glory. All of it is going to point back to God's glory. So let's start right there in verse 9. Jesus says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven. So who is God? Our Father. And where is he? He's in heaven. And he does all that he pleases. I could talk about this all day. God's not in a box. He's not absent. He's he's on his throne in heaven, and he's pouring out grace and love and storing up wrath. And at the right hand of God is Jesus Christ interceding for us. That's where God is. And I'll pray to that God, because he has not left his throne, and he is in control. And I'm going to pray to that God. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. There it is. How should we pray? Hallowed be your name. That, That word hallowed means make your name glorious. Glorify yourself, God. Hallow your name. Everything else in this prayer is going to be about this one petition, Hallowed be your name. How are you going to glorify your name? Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Whose kingdom? God's kingdom. Not Zach's kingdom. Not Overflow's kingdom. Overflow is a speck on the timeline of eternity. God's kingdom lasts forever. We want to be about God's kingdom. God, your kingdom come. To him be the glory. God, bring people to a knowledge of you. Let us make disciples that your kingdom would come on this earth. We want to see it. And your kingdom coming brings you glory. And then it says this, your will be done. And as I was studying these words that I have recited over and over again in my life, meaningless repetition, I've come to realize that this part of this prayer is the hardest thing to ever pray. Your will be done. Not not my will but God's will. And the reason why this may be the hardest prayer to pray is that what if God's will for your life is to suffer? Or what if God's will for your life is not to get married and have kids? Or what if God's will for your life is not to graduate college? Some of you are like, praise God. (laughs) (laughs) But what if God's will for your life is not your will for your life? Would you still pray this? Could you still pray this? Your will be done, not mine. If that means I lose everything, I lose my family, my stuff, my wife, and my life, take it all. To you be the glory and honor forever, no matter what. That is the hardest prayer to ever pray. That is a surrender and a level of trust that requ- it requires a lot to pray, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. 
in heaven, God's glory is everywhere. Uh, we just read in Revelation that there is no sun in the new heaven and new earth, only God's glory. I don't even know what that means, but only God's glory is there. And so in heaven, God's glory is on display for all to see. And if his will be done and his will is that his glory would be seen, we want it to be seen on earth. God, let us see it here. I want to, I want to taste it. Let me see it on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's three requests to God. God, meet our needs. God, forgive us. And God, protect us. Uh, who is the one who is doing all that? Who are we petitioning to? Our God who is in the heavens. God gets glory when we come to him with open hands as children and recognize that he's the gift and the giver. He, you see how he gets glory from that? Hey, God, give us. We can't do it by ourselves. Glorify yourself. Every single line in this prayer points back to God's glory. And this is the prayer that Jesus gave us to pray. And you got to see this. This whole God is for God's glory that I'm showing you in Scripture, you're going to see it here. This is Jesus Christ, who is God, teaching us to pray for God's glory. You can't escape the reality that God is after his own glory. Uh, in a few months, we're going to take a group to Panama City Beach for, floor, uh, for Beach Reach. And, yeah, and I'm super excited, there's a lot of you. Um, and at Beach Reach, half of the entire students that are there are going to be from the hours of 9 p.m. till 2 or 3 uh, a.m. Half of them are going to be in vans or on the streets of Panama City Beach, the Strip, trying to share the gospel with people. And while they're doing that, the other half is going to stay back at home base uh, in the prayer room. For three hours, they're going to pray. Three hours. And what it looks like is there's two screens up uh, in the room, and there's a live uh, text, like a live text line uh, where you can text your prayers into. And so there's, I don't know, like 100, 150 people in here just praying uh, for God's glory, uh, for people to be saved and for safety. And so I remember two years ago, we went to Beach Reach, uh, and it was the last night, and it was the second shift. So we're in the prayer room, and as we walk into the prayer room, it starts raining. And we kind of felt bad because uh, the other team that was about to go out into the vans and walk on the street, they're going to have to walk in the rain. Uh, but we felt bad because they're not going to have the best opportunity to share the gospel because um, people aren't going to be outside. Uh, and so we're in there, we're praying, and we start to get text uh, on the prayer line saying, uh, hey, pray for us, it's raining, uh, we're having to take refuge in a subway. Uh, and so we're praying, and we're like, God, stop the rain, like, let them go out there and share the gospel. And no joke, as we're praying, God, stop the rain, it starts raining sideways. And we're like, okay, God. Um, and so now the prayer line is like, um, hey, they're super bummed. They're like, hey, we're in the subway, there's a lot of us, uh, we don't really know what's going on, so we're praying. But then, the coolest thing happened. It started going across. It said, wait a second. Um, John, pray for him. So-and-so was sharing the gospel with him. And then another one came through. Hey, pray for this person at Subway. And I was like, hey, pray for this person at Subway. 
And Subway had become a hotbed for gospel conversation. And so now we're praying, God, bring the rain. <laughs> Open up the heavens, right? Let it come down. <laughs> and we're praying for salvation. And then to the glory of God, people started to get saved in that subway. And we're sitting there, we're like, no way. That God would, we would pray. And that God would answer our prayers uh, by sending rain. By sending rain. And then our God used the sandwich shop for his glory. A sandwich shop. And so while we're asking for the rain to go away, God brought the rain. And so uh, we may not see the big picture. When you pray the prayer, your will be done. You may not see the big picture, uh, but God does, and he answers it. That prayer, God, your will be done, gets answered every time. Because he's God. And he's going to accomplish his will. And let me tell you something. Words can't describe watching God answer your prayers right in front of your face. And some of you might say, um, that's just a coincidence. Um, I'm a Christian. I don't believe in coincidence. I believe in a sovereign God. And the joy that I got from seeing answered prayer uh, was unmatchable. And there's joy that comes by simply just praying. You get joy by simply praying. And we want to be a ministry that is consumed by prayer. That is consumed by prayer. Um, Charles Spurgeon, uh, he's called the Prince of Pastors. Uh, he said this. To pray is to enter the treasure house of God and to gather riches out of an inexhaustible storehouse. To go to the fountain of God and to drink and to be satisfied from the fountain that never will run dry. That's what prayer is. And we want to pray for God's glory and our good. And you guys may not know this, but every Tuesday night at 7 p.m., uh, we have a room down here, and it's called the Boiler Room. Uh, that's a prayer room named after Charles Spurgeon's prayer room. And from 7 a.m. until the moment we get on stage, uh, there are students back there praying. And I want to give the biggest shout-out I can possibly uh, muster to a, a woman named Brittany Smith. Um, Brittany, wherever you are, Brittany leads that prayer room, and she has put so much time and energy to be there and to lead it. And the glory of God reflects off that woman very well. And so shout out to Brittany. Thanks for leading that. And she would love it if at 7 p.m. on Tuesday nights you would join her uh, to pray for tonight or the nights and the, the speaker and the band and for you guys. That's at 7 p.m. We want to be a ministry that is consumed by prayer and nothing gets you more ready to sing songs to God than spending an hour talking to him beforehand. Nothing gets you more ready to praise God. So we want to be a ministry that is consumed by prayer. Jesus starts that prayer with our Father. Our Father. That means we're a family, brothers and sisters. And here at Overflow, we're a pretty jacked up, dysfunctional family. Uh, and we own that. Uh, I freaking love it because our God is good and he's for his glory. And my goal tonight was to teach you how to pray. And one thing I've learned over the two years that I've been saved is the best way to learn how to pray uh, is to actually pray. Is to actually pray. And so that's what we're going to do tonight as a family. We're going to pray together. We're going to pray together. Um, so in a few moments, this is what we're going to do. We're going to split up into little groups 
and I'm going to give you things to pray for. So real quick, before we do this, I want to say something. Uh, one, if you're not a Christian here, and you're like, bro, this is about to get awkward, uh, let me talk to you. Um, I'm glad you're here. That's awesome. Uh, I just want to pray that you keep coming back here. But what I want to do is, as we're praying these things, that God's glory would be made much of in Denton uh, and on our campuses, uh, I want you to join us in praying. Uh, but I want you to pray that um, God would open your eyes to see his glory. To open your eyes uh, to see his glory. And it's there, man. You just need to see it. Look at the cross. It's there. It's a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. He was buried, and then three days later, he rose according to the scriptures. Pray that God would open your eyes to that truth. And second, if you're a nominal Christian in here, and what I mean by that is you think you like overflow, you think it's pretty cool, uh, sermons are funny and interesting and it sounds good, and you're like half in, uh, I also want to speak to you uh, because right now you might uh, think, uh, I really don't want to do this. Um, I would just ask uh, for you to check your heart. Uh, if you're more interested in hearing me talk about God or Shane or Wade talk about God and not you actually talk to God, um, that's a problem. And I would just ask that you would pray that same prayer, that God would open your eyes to his glory so you can see it. And so, all right, this is what we're going to do. Um, we're going to pray for about 10 minutes or so in groups out loud. Um, so right now is a good time uh, to make awkward eye contact with the person sitting around you, kind of like the teacher just announced a group project. Uh, so look around, try to get in groups of three and four. If you're alone and you're like, bro, I don't want to pray with anyone else, um, that's cool, but we're weird and we're family, and we want to we want to press into that awkwardness. And so if you're by yourself, just go up to a group and say, hey, I'm praying with you guys. Uh, and then it'll be weird at first, um, but then you'll become best friends and then go into eternity uh, as friends. And so gather together, get in a group. Uh, we want to pray. Find your little group. Be comfortable where you're at. All right, find your group, figure it out. All right, that's what we're going to do. I'm going to let you guys sit down. I'm just, I, do I just wait for it to get quiet? I don't even know what to do. I'm on stage. Okay, everybody get quiet. Okay, so uh, I'm going to pray for us, and then I'm going to walk us through a couple prayers uh, that we want to pray together uh, as a family to our Father. And so if you guys want to pray with me, uh, I'll open this up. Uh, God, be glorified. God, we want your glory to be made much of in this place and in Denton and our families. Lord, our friends who don't know you. God, we pray that you would just be with them, open their eyes to see your glory. God, that you are the treasure that we're searching for, uh, this fountain of joy. God, that you are ferociously after your own glory and our good, and we praise you for that. And Lord, so you may accept these prayers, God. Uh, we want to pray to you that your will be done. Uh, God, one of the hardest prayers we could ever pray, God, but we just want to surrender to you. So be with us in this time. Amen. At Overflow, we have four prayers. Uh, they're on our website. A lot of you may not know this, but we have four prayers that we believe God has given us to pray for Denton 
and our, you know, our city and our campuses and our friends. And so we want to pray through those prayers. Um, the first one is that we would be a ministry passionate about seeking God's heart through his word. Basically meaning we want to read the Bible. We believe in the Bible here. Everything that I said tonight, if you can't see it in the Bible, don't believe it. But if you can see it in the Bible, it means everything to you. So we want to pray that not just overflow, but for yourself, that God would give you a fire for his word and that you would read it. And so just spend some time in your group praying um, that we'd be a ministry passionate about God's word. Ready, go. Okay, so the second prayer for our ministry. Uh, sorry. Uh, my bad. The second prayer is that we would be a ministry uh, both rooted in the church, both gro- rather, I butchered that. That we'd be a ministry rooted in the church, both growing and serving in the church. Uh, I'm the pastor, college pastor at First Baptist Church. I would love for you to come on Sunday mornings because uh, we're a family, but if you only experience uh, this family on a Tuesday night, you are missing out on God's, uh, Jesus' bride of the church. And so wherever you are, get plugged into a church. And so we want to pray that we would be a ministry that is rooted in the church, uh, both growing and serving. So go ahead and spend some time praying for that. Okay, so the third prayer of our ministry, uh, my bad, is that we would, uh, that the diversity of our ministry would reflect the diversity of the population of college students in Denton. Have you been to UNT? <laughs> uh, it is diverse. Uh, and in Revelation 7, 9, it says that uh, people from every tongue, nation, and tribe will be worshiping God around the throne. We want to pray that this ministry would be diverse uh, in race. We want to pray that God would bless us with that so we would reflect God's kingdom. Uh, and so pray for that. Uh, we're pretty diverse if you look around, but we're not there yet. So we want to pray that God would bless us with that. So go ahead and spend some time praying. All right, our last prayer. Our fourth prayer is that everything we do would move us closer to making disciples who make disciples, who make disciples, who make disciples. You get the point. (laughs) In every corner uh, and crevice of our campuses, our community, our country, and our world, uh, this is what we were made to do, make disciples of all nations. Uh, We're gonna pray that God would use us Uh, in our families, on our campuses, and in our friend group to make disciples of Jesus who make disciples of Jesus because that is how his kingdom is going to come. So we want to pray that we'd be intentional. And so just spend some time praying for that last prayer. All right, well, tonight, uh, amen. I hope you saw uh, three things. Um, One, God is about his glory, and he is after it. And two, we want to get in on that. Uh, And three, one of the ways we do is by praying. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10 says, So whether you eat 
or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. This is what you were made for. It's what you were made for. Let me pray. God, show us your glory all over the place. Lord, give us eyes to see it. Lord, don't let us be distracted by the world and what it has to offer. It is nothing compared to your glory, God. We want to taste and see it, Lord. Show it to us, God. May we show it to others, Lord, and point, point people to you, God. That's what we want to do. We want to be a ministry that is praying and leaning into you. Because, God, if, if we were not praying to you, God, we would not want people to come here. We'd want them to go somewhere where they would be praying and trusting you, God, and we want to be that place for people to come and see that we rely on you, we trust you, and we give you everything we've got, Lord. Not for our kingdom, but for yours, God. Show us your glory. We want to worship you. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray, amen. You guys stand and worship with me. Thank you for listening to the Overflow Podcast. Please feel free to download and share with friends. We ask that you do not alter any of the previous content in any way. For more information about Overflow, feel free to visit us online at overflowdenton.org.